Chapter 51, Tocman Marsh, Panama, Search for the Columbian Creek. I wanted to visit a wetland area called Tocman Marsh near the International Airport. I had three books describing how to get there by car, but no idea how to get there by public transport. We started by catching a bus to the airport, which was three kilometers further than I needed to be, so I had to backtrack along a busy road with countless taxis beeping at us annoyingly. Across from the airport, though, there were a few water birds that I went to go and take a look at. I was scanning through them when I looked up and saw a beautiful peregrine falcon perched in a tree above my head. I hopped on another bus and another before arriving at a police station mentioned as a landmark in my book. At this point, my GPS would have come in very useful, but it didn't appear to be working. 6.8 kilometers along this road, we had to turn right at a police station. The first police station seemed a little close, so we continued on to the next. From there, we had to turn right and walk 700 meters before taking a left at a fork in the road. We'd walked about a kilometre, but no fork, and soon the road ended. Wrong police station. I was starting to get a bit stressed out. After countless other wrong turns, buses, and other stress, we found the finca, or farm, with the marshes inside. It was 11am, and the guy on the gate was demanding $5 entry fee. I had little chance of seeing rails and crakes at this time of the day, so I decided to come back earlier another day. After all our faffing around in the morning, there turned out to be a direct bus from here all the way to Via España, near our apartment. Since we were back early, we decided to go for lunch, the first time we'd done so in quite a while. We had a nice plate of rice and beans with fried fish in the cafe around the corner from the apartment. Señor Santos had invited us to his finca for the day. I think he was having some sort of barbecue with his family. He only seems to work mornings and spends most afternoons at the finca, plus most weekends. He said he'd be leaving early in the morning. Boris, his driver, picked us up a little before 6am. He was chubby and polite with a crew cut. We had a bit of a chat on the way out there. We spent a few hours in the morning birding an area of forest behind his house. Afterwards, we sat on the veranda, enjoying a refreshing breeze. Senor Santos arrived and started preparing for the party. People came in dribs and drabs, mostly friends and a few members of his extended family. Most of his friends were rich and loved horses like himself. They brought their wives heavily made up, each with their requisite two kids. Everybody was nice and polite, but didn't seem overly interested in us. We were a little bit out of the conversation, but were happy enough chatting amongst ourselves. He'd prepared some venison and pork, which was really delicious. We stuffed ourselves with meat and yucca and drank our fill of fizzy drinks. Everyone else was on beer and got more and more drunk and distant. By the time we were taken home, we were exhausted. The next day I wanted to get to Tokoman Marsh nice and early. After last time getting lost so many times, I knew how to get there pretty well. I scraped myself out of bed early and was at the gate with a nervous-looking guy with a pump-action shotgun slung over his shoulder. God knows why he needed that, guarding a rice farm of all places. Well, get this. After last time telling me that he was here every day from 6am, he said I couldn't go in because it was Sunday. It was closed. What was there to be closed? All they wanted to do was to walk around the fields. I was furious and impressed myself by shouting at him in Spanish. I even lied to him and said I was a reporter for a birdwatching magazine. I had to write an article about Tokumen, and I was leaving the country tomorrow. Nope, he wasn't going to let us in. I decided to give Tokumen Marsh one more try the following day. I finally managed to get past the gate, mumbling something about having to change my flight and pay the $5 entry fee at the office before walking into the farm. Just after the entrance, there was a lake and a creek with some good water birds. From there on, it was dry rice fields as far as the eye could see. What used to be a big marsh and a paradise for birds had been drained into a virtual bird desert. There were some common open country birds, though, like red-breasted blackbirds. 
After walking a couple of kilometres along the road, I saw a minibus with birdwatchers standing around outside it. I followed them along into some good habitat. There was a big lake fringed with reeds and trees that was very birdy, and I saw a lot of lifers, including a capped heron, a huge white bird with a black head. I caught up with the birdwatchers, who, unsurprisingly, turned out to be Americans. The guy leading the tour seemed pretty knowledgeable, and we had a good bird chat. He was mainly interested in raptors and told me about a couple of sites that I probably won't have time to get to. I carried on on my own and saw some good birds like lesser kiskadee and pied water tyrant. It had definitely been worth coming, but I didn't manage to find the Colombian crake I was looking for. Crakes and rails are a very secretive and shy group of birds, and seeing one would have almost been a miracle. 